so much for joining. Yeah, thanks for the invite. Nice to hear you. How are you? I'm doing good. Just learned about the news officially about the raising of $5 million. I wanted to congratulate and the team. That's fantastic news. How are you feeling about that? I appreciate it. I am very, very excited about it, to be fair. It unlocks so many uh, possibilities and so many ideas that we had in the pipeline. So we actually have, have a pretty deep vision about where the, we can uh, evolve the platform. And this will help us so much by unlocking resources, but also giving us access to a better production quality for our events. And well, it's money, it helps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know that it's a complex platform. DefexHash is not a simple platform to run for different reasons. First, the team, you have a big team nowadays and dedicated team. Also, the technicalities of having a product like FXHash running in terms of a smart contract, a storage, it's open all the time for everyone to mint a generative token. We can chat about all those things, but I wanted to first let everybody in the audience update two things. First, if you have any questions for Cypher, please use the bottom right icon. There is a chat and you can tweet your questions. I know many of you might have all kinds of questions for Cypher related to these news, but also about the future of the platform, FXHash 2.0. And the second thing is, if you are not able to stay for the whole hour and you want to listen to the recording, I share these through my podcast and newsletter in a few days. So you can listen to it in your favorite podcasting platform. And with that in mind, Cypher, I actually wanted to start from the beginning. We already mentioned FXHash 2.0. We already mentioned the raising of $5 million, but we'll talk about those things in a bit. I first of all wanted to hear your definition. I have many readers that some are big fans of FXH. They are like hardcore uh, collectors or artists, but there are others that still struggle a bit with the concept of generative art. I wonder who could be the best person to define generative art than Cypher himself. What do you tell your friends, your family, Cypher, when they ask you, what, what's that generative art? What do you tell them? I see. Back to the basics. I don't know if I'm the best person. I think the, the best person in this case will be Wikipedia. And I quite like the definition, which if I recall correctly, is a piece that is produced with an autonomous system in some kind of way so basically like there is an autonomous system that is configured in some way and that is producing that is leveraging entropy in some way to produce some output nowadays most of generative art is being produced with computers because well they are specifically tailored for this type of system engineering but it's been existing for a while now i guess we can also like find some roots for generative art in ancient pattern creation, many different civilizations. If you guys are interested in generative art altogether, I would recommend looking at the chronology made by Laurent Dame, which I don't know if they uh, released the whole thing yet. I don't think it's there, but there is already like a, a good section that covers like the, the basics and the history of generative art. Right, that's a good source of information, Laurent Dame. They have been creating a fantastic content going back to the history many years back and starting with the concepts and the early 
generative artist. And as Cypher said, these days it's related to computers, but at some point in time, it was also different kinds of machines, different kind of, as you said, autonomous system that could produce a piece of artwork either individually, alone, independently, or with the support of a human or a human being supported by any kind of machine. So that's a very broad concept. And FX hash basically, it's a way to do that, to let artists and collectors enjoy this sort of art form in one place. How would you define FX hash cipher? So it's like coming back to the notion of autonomous system. FX hash in itself is a system that exposes entropy, so exposes some kind of randomness to the code uploaded by the artist, as well as other inputs, so that they can leverage those inputs and react to the different values that can come from them and process those into some kind of output. Let it be visual, audio. It can also be like more esoteric. We've had some PCs that are text-based, but also some other PCs that you can only look on the console of the browser or things like that. So really, it's a modular framework that exposes a set of inputs in an unopinated way and let artists build their own set of mechanisms to manipulate these inputs. In a sandbox that is the browser, they have access to almost all of the browser APIs, which nowadays are like very advanced, I will say. They've been pushed to support the needs of millions of people connecting to the same web pages on multiple devices through using different inputs, tactile devices, mouse, etc. So uh, nowadays the browser APIs uh, allow for lots of interactions as well as have like the, the basics for rendering graphics. So yeah, I will say it's a nice sandbox for having fun as an artist. Right. You know, uh, Cypher, I'm a big collector of yours because you are also a generative artist. Can you tell us, because I've heard you tell the story, you were a generative artist and you couldn't find a place to share your creations. That's how it got started. That's when you had the idea or when exactly did you decide to create FX hash, which also correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was early on an experiment, right? Yeah, that's about it. You gave a pretty good summary. I discovered NFTs. I was doing gen art for a long time, especially autonomous systems where you can observe like some kind of life patterns. But I wanted to have a place where I could release this. There wasn't any. Our art blocks was created. I liked the concept and I wanted to try to implement something on blockchain. So that's why I built FX. From day one, I was the Discord server, not on day one, but in the month number two, I remember a couple of things. First, the community was very strong from the beginning. I remember you being there basically every day and sharing, interacting with people, asking what kind of features they would like to see. You were getting this feedback loop. You were developing pretty fast, but at the time that you weren't working on the project full time, you had a job. How long were you working on your previous job? What were you doing, Cypher, if you would like to share? How long did you kind of manage to do both simultaneously? Not so long. <laughs> uh, so I actually like joined a job as a WebGL developer in an agency in my city. About, I don't know, maybe two weeks after... No, actually, like 
Wait one sec. I launched the platform, then I joined the company. It was scheduled for a while, but I launched the platform just before. And in the very first week of the, me being into this new company, the platform was uh, growing very fast. So basically, I was never fully committed to this job because the day I was like working there and the night I was <laughs> building the platform, basically, which turned into like a pretty unsustainable lifestyle. But well, I'm accustomed to it now. I stayed there, I don't know, maybe a month. I must say time has dilated and contracted a lot <laughs> recently. Maybe it was two weeks, maybe it was two months. I couldn't tell. I think it was somewhere in between. But when it got to a point where I realized, I can recall there was this one time where I looked at the platform fees that were generated for a day and I just realized it was my one month salary. And that's at this point where it hit me. It was almost at the peak, but it hit me and I was, okay, so maybe I should go full time on this project because first of all, it's gen art. It's what I try for. And also it seems to be somehow stable financially. So maybe I can try it out. Although financial stability hasn't really been a, a criteria in me picking jobs in the past. But yeah, whatever gives a bit of an overview. No, that's a good way to imagine what you were going through during those days. You had your job, a new job, and at the same time, you had this experiment, this uh, platform on the blockchain that was starting to generate uh, serious revenue, and you, of course, had to make a decision. I guess another reason why it wasn't that hard to make the decision is not only because of the revenue, as you said, but you could see the, the community And I remember early on, there were many people supporting, supporting the platform in different ways. I remember there were moderators, but there were also developers. There were people maybe supporting in the communication side. Can you tell us how was that journey of finding the FXH team in a way that it was online? Everything happened online. Everybody was chatting on Discord. How was that experience of finding these people that were also big fans of what you were doing and they were happy to jump on board and support you. How did that feel? So first of all, I wouldn't say that I made any active effort in finding the team, rather the team found me. <laughs> Basically in the early days, people that wanted to contribute were like, hey, I want to contribute in some kind of way to the project. And I was like, yeah, okay, I, I don't know what you can do, not gonna lie, because <laughs> most of the stuff happens on the dev side and I'm, I'm fully on it now. But people were just genuinely interested in helping out and slowly they found the stuff to do, tried to take some of the load slowly from me, especially like on the community side and helping out also on the business side and eventually like the team Everyone started to find its natural position based on what they wanted to do, what they liked to do, what they were good at as well. And we somehow morphed from this very decentralized, organic group of people, like friends sharing good times, into a more stable and proper company through trial and error, having people like experiencing what they like to do and what they want to do. So yeah, it's super great to have found these really great people from the team that were deep into the project very early because we all share the same passion for GenArt and we are all, well, you don't end up on the GenArt Tezos scene <laughs> by accident. It had to be people that were uh, quite intrigued by the niche in the first place, which already made it for a thriving uh, playground, I, I will say. 
I don't know. I, I can't transmit the idea very well, but let's say that uh, we, we were minded. That, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I think you explained it quite well. It's uh, already like being on Tesos and being on the Genard Tesos ecosystem. It's a very niche world. It's not easy for people to find it. So the fact that you were finding this success, that the platform was running well, yeah, it was basically these curious art lovers were there and they were pushing the platform. And it wasn't that hard to find them because they were already there. They were enjoying the platform and they were, as you mentioned, in line with the vision. And something you mentioned now, which I think is very important for everything FX Hash has done from day one is uh, decentralization. You mentioned it in the team, but it's basically everywhere. Decentralization in the platform in terms of the technology, but also in terms of the curation, which is a very important point because the platform allows anybody that follows the rules, that follow the intellectual property rules, but also technical rules to mint and to share their artwork. So decentralization has been key and it still is, and I wonder, Cypher, why is it so important? Why is it in the space we are, in the digital world, and in crypto, in the blockchain, why is it for you so important to have this decentralized platform, which, from my understanding, has some drawbacks as well to make everything decentralized? So can you tell us why is that so important? Yeah, I guess probably that most of the people from the audience right now, we don't have to sell them about decentralization. But for me, it's a core concept into the system being, what is the term for it? I, I can't find my words tonight, but basically other people can integrate your smart contracts without you having to specify some kind of API and without constraining too much the features they have access to. So if the smart contracts are published, anyone can access it. But Tex is somehow a kind of hybrid system. So our smart contracts are indeed decentralized, but some components of the application live off-chain. Because, for instance, we have to render some images of the project off-chain. There are a few components that live off-chain. And I think, in essence, while in the beginning I was uh, tr really trying to build everything fully decentralized, now I'm more leaning towards finding the right balance between decentralization and uh, centralization in a way that the assets, the, the access to the features, this kind of like very core concept to uh, people being able to participate and uh, have their assets be interoperable between platforms has to be implemented in a decentralized way. But on the contrary, there are some features that you'd want to implement in a centralized fashion because they don't make sense to be implemented in a centralized way. So I'm thinking about, for instance, the signing modules, generating the captures, but also some kind of social network systems, allowing people to follow others, to like pieces, things like that, will be the kind of features that will drastically help artists for discoverability of the content, but will also require some kind of centralized database that will allow this to be possible. So... Yeah, again, I'm usually in favor of decentralization, but I'm a more nuanced approach now in a way that I think there's the base components of the platform have to be decentralized for sure. But we can think about improving the platform and pushing it in the right direction by moving some of its aspects off-chain. Right, finding the right balance. We're already entering some technical terms, some features of the platform. And I know many people in the audience... Uh, you can see some known names 
And these are, many of them are hardcore users. And just if you have any questions for Cypher, for the future of FXH after raising $5 million or FXH 2.0, which we'll talk about in a bit, you can use the chat icon at the bottom right and send your tweets with questions. We'll look at those in a bit. And Cypher, something that's been very impressive is the pace of development of the platform. And when we think about it, FXHash has pioneered some features in recent times. Not only the open generative art platform, not only that part, that's kind of the basics, the fundamental, the pillar of the platform, but from there, we have seen very amazing stuff. Like I'm a big fan of FX Text, for example, which allows writers and artists to create articles as a token that I believe you created your own token for that as well. But we have seen other features as well, like the FX params. We have seen the redeemables module. Many things have been developed in a short amount of time. And I wonder how is it when it comes to the platform compared to the early days and compared to these days and what will happen in the future, when it comes to designing these features, designing and executing them, developing them, do you follow a specific process or how do you say, okay, let's do this first, this second, this third. Is it you listen to the community or you sometimes make decisions based on what you are feeling like could be beneficial? What are your thoughts in terms of development of the features, development and design of the platform? Yeah, so th there's been a, a big pace of uh, production in the team. Everyone on the team is under a well-controlled dose of uh, amphetamines that allows for uh, maximum productivity. I'm done. <laughs> Sorry, I was a joke. But yeah, I feel like, you know, design of the features is, is always a bit tricky in a way that we have to think about how will artists leverage the features that we produce and... How can we design these features so that they don't come as a constraint? Sometimes it's super tricky because, for instance, for FX params, the way we design the system is agnostic of the interface layers between collectors and the artists. However, we also created an in-between interface to facilitate how artists could define a parametric space and how collectors could be interacting with such space using sliders, drop-downs, and the like. By doing that, we've constrained the system in a way that it wasn't always enjoyable for collectors to have like 20 parameters. They always on the same interface that they always modulate in the same way. It can be a bit tiring, doesn't provide like a lot of, opens up a lot of creativity for artists. That's why we've been iterating on the system. I would say, first of all, trying to identify coming from a need of ourselves as artists in the team, but also listening to what artists want on the platform. So there is a mixture of trying to always come up with fresh and novel ideas that can be open up creative doorways and also listen to artists about, okay, do you want new features or these features that we released? What do you expect from them? Do you like it in such a way or would you expect them to be completely different? There is an ongoing process of listening. For instance, again, on the FX params thing I was mentioning, when we talked with Alejandro that created the Pensado a la Mano, 
about his usage of FX params, he mentioned that he thought it could be best to have the ability to control the params from the code, which basically unlocked this ability to have uh, parameters that can be really fully controlled artistically. It's like this small feedback that eventually improves the tool for everyone and hopefully improve it in a good way. There's a lot of careful thinking that goes into designing the underlying system. There is as much thinking that goes into designing the interface that collectors and artists will use through the SDK. To tie everything together is super tricky. Often there are a few hiccups, but thankfully the community is super helpful, uh, responds very well to our releases and is super enthusiastic about sharing how we could improve the product. It's a nice feedback loop. Right. I have seen the super engaged community. That's a, I would say it's a superpower you, you have probably FXHash has, which is the engagement and the, how quickly people, collectors, artists are there to give feedback. Sometimes it's hard feedback, like, hey, this, this needs to be updated, but sometimes are very solid ideas. And at the end of the day, the goal is to make the product better, the platform better for everyone. And I think that's how also, besides working very hard, having a great team of developers, also the community aspect that guides these efforts has been, I think, essential for the platform, From at least from what I've seen. And there is a, a module that I'm very curious about because... I feel like it's very powerful and I think we haven't yet explored the full potential and I'm referring to the redeemables cipher. Can you tell us what are the effects redeemables and, and how can people use them, artists and collectors? Yeah, so in a sense, Redeemables is basically a set of features that allow to connect some NFTs that are minted on the platform with some physical counterparts. That's like the basic use case. The idea is that we provide a system that allows collectors, first of all, that allows artists in defining the context in which projects can be redeemed. So let's say that, for instance, you're going to say, okay, I have like a 3D model that's outputted by my algorithm. I'm going to offer to every collector that has minted an iteration the ability to redeem their NFT and get a physical 3D reconstruction of such a shape, of such 3D shape. That's one of the basic examples, so giving artists the ability to define this scope. And then we have like a data collection system that allows us in collecting like off-chain details as name, uh, uh, shipping details, uh, things that are necessary to basically turn the NFT into a physical component that can be transmitted to the collector that redeemed it. Finally, the ability to write on-chain that an item has been redeemed. And all of these components tied together in this cohesive system allow for having this redeeming experience that you see on the platform. I tend to agree with you in a way that it's not been explored a lot so far, but also it's new. It's taking extra courage, extra energy, and basically extra technical knowledge to turn your digital representation of your ID into a physical one. The basic idea will be to be able to print, but printing is like rather straightforward. And while interesting, we think like it's not the most outstanding use case of redeemables. So I will be very curious to see how sculpture is being leveraged. 
how 3D objects are being explored, because usually what we see on a screen is either a 2D entity or a 2D projection of something, of some 3D object. It'd be interesting to see how artists are pushing the boundaries in exploring how they can turn these digital entities in some physical objects that make sense in an artistic context. We can push these boundaries pretty far, because while on the screen, it's already like we can do crazy things. But having access to reality also opens up for a new dimension in how we can explore creative endeavors. And I feel in the next years, we'll see now and then a few outstanding projects leveraging Redeemable just because it has access to this new dimension. Yeah, you touch upon an interesting topic, which we could say is a digital, this mixture of digital artwork and somehow connected to the physical world. I mean to some of the live minting experiences of FX Hash and Art Basel in different events around Europe, but also in US. What is your, I mean, there are different things happening there, right? But what is the feeling you get? Because these events are physical, but still we are interacting with FX Hash and minting digital tokens so far. That's what we have seen until now but with this feature the redeemables and what you just mentioned of artists exploring different kind of avenues do you see a future where fx hash and these life experiences are also producing physical tokens in a way or physical artworks do you see that in the distant future or maybe not so far away since you had a new round of capital is that in your mind, Cypher, or maybe not ready yet? What are your thoughts on that digital part? Ah, yeah, no, it, it's pretty much there. I mean, it's not so hard to uh, reconstruct the different pieces. That's also the point in building a system with different modules that can talk to each other. But params give artists the ability to give collectors some control over a parametric space. And redeemables give access to a physical representation of an object. So we can easily see how we can connect these boxes together. We can have some kind of system where people will come to a physical booth and, uh, I don't know, manipulate a parametric space in a way that's meaningful, not just by moving some sliders, but using some sensors to detect the motion of the depends, some things like that. I don't know. We can envision crazy things with what we can do with sensors nowadays. But basically, you would have this gathering of inputs to model like some kind of object that can get printed right away. And honestly, the tech is already there to do that. It's a matter of connecting the pieces. But yeah, definitely something we'll be exploring. I'm like super excited about it. Also, like it's an open call to artists. If you're interested in exploring those novel ways of connecting blockchain with physical objects in interactive fashion, we will be happy to discuss with you if you have some ideas for some physical shows, stuff that will run not only for an event two, three days, but rather like a proper exhibition for a few weeks. And you would like to explore this way of turning params and redeemable piece into a fully featured experience over which you have full control and that we can materialize in real life. Feel free to, to reach out to the rest of the team uh, and we'll be super happy to help you in materializing your vision, basically. What's the best way to reach out, Cypher? Is it a Discord server? Is it Twitter? Where will you tell them to reach out? I guess the best way will be a bottle to the sea. <laughs> okay, yeah. No, no, no. The team is going to... <laughs> you can reach out on the FXH Twitter or on Discord. 
you can ping the team or just write somewhere and we'll find it. The, the FX hash, there's pretty much everyone is from the community here, so you know how to, uh, <laughs> how to ping it. The FX hash account is up here and I'll also tag for those listening that maybe aren't that familiar with FX hash, I'll link in the podcast description all the important information. And Cypher, we mentioned the race. This is the first round that you have raised. It's $5 million. And I think many people are wondering, what are the plans? What's the plan for this money? Where are you going to be using it? Is it going to be on the technology? Is it going to be one thing in particular? What have you thought? What is the reasoning and what's the plan for this amount of money? Yeah, sure. We've been like really frustrated over the last year, over the last two years, actually, because I have so many ideas and actually the whole team has so many ideas about how we can evolve the product and shape a new tool for the generative art hub that we have in mind. Some generative art protocol that will enable much more use cases than what we currently have. But we've been frustrated because all of these ideas have to be built one by one with some care. While we like this approach, it's also like very slow and often we don't have time to properly work on the product. So basically we push new features, but when we do that, we don't have time to level up the rest of the product to make sure we bring much needed quality of life improvements. So we've been super frustrated because we have crazy ideas that we want to implement. We also have... Uh, many ideas to polish the whole website and we've never been able to push those two in any kind of way because we have to balance the work forces that we had. So like that was one of the first reasons we could have kept at this rate, but also given the scale of the ideas that we had and the potential they hold, we wanted to unlock some ability to produce this faster. Uh, not only that, but also uh, physical events have been a bit of a struggle. We love supporting the community and we love creating spaces for artists to be able to showcase their work. But because we've been lacking resources, it's always been, let's say, some kind of not polished enough presentation that we've been doing. We always put like lots of efforts, but it also requires money to be capable of renting the right screens, capable of hiring like a space designer that's going to make this few small changes to the way you're conceptualizing the exhibition that are going to make a huge difference down the line. There will be like two major axes. The first one will be improving the product in many different ways, basically unlocking a generative heart urban protocol through enabling multi-chain, but also I've been talking about all of these inputs artists have access to and basically adding to those inputs creating also an underlying pipeline under which artists and builders can release some modules that can be shared between different projects. Yeah, it's a bit complex. We'll get back to that <laughs> in a way. And the second axis will be on the event side. We've been dreaming about showcasing FX params in a novel way where we will like have control over the hardware and really push the boundaries of what's being done in the physical space with blockchain technology and generative art, of course. This will be like the second big axi. Yeah, the X1. <laughs> no, that sounds exciting. And we received a question from Meta David, which is related to, to what you just mentioned. The question is, have you thought about opening physical locations to bring awareness similar to what the Bright Moments have done? Have you thought about like specific physical 
FX hash locations or do you envision it more like on recurrent galleries, recurrent Art Basel or these different events that happen through the year? What are your thoughts there? Yeah, actually, totally. We've been discussing for a while about this with the team. And, you know, this is also part of what the, the race will unlock. I've, I've talked about these two axes, but th there is, of course, a bit more under the hood that I keep forgetting and rethinking about <laughs> when I talk. The first will be in Paris, on French, and uh, I think Paris is a good center of the artistic space and could, will be a great candidate for having a permanent physical space for showcasing not only FX projects, but generative art more generally and trying to explore boundaries. But we also thought about opening smaller spaces in different places in the world, a little bit like Bright Moments did. And I think it's super great and is very helpful to start to advocating for generative art among a crowd of people that are not familiar with crypto. There are so many people that by looking at a store, Story is not the right word, but looking at the glass, seeing the nice and cool exhibition that will be produced inside, will just like randomly walk in and explore uh, new areas. I think it could be a new way to have people joining the ecosystem and eventually, hopefully, having them in love with the beautiful practice that Genart is. Yeah, exactly. There is a big opportunity there. And then in these places, I'm not sure if you, you want to call those stores the FX store. Maybe FX gallery. But... Yeah, no, no, story is not the right word. It's like a fill-up word for a word that I yeah. cannot find in English. <laughs> I think it's a way better word. Yeah, gallery. Gallery, like experimentation right. space. Yeah, this kind of artistic space. Yeah. yeah, sounds amazing. And then, of course, there will be people there that are happy to explain the concepts, how everything works, why, why is it running on the blockchain, how can you buy it, how can you use the redeemables to actually get a physical. So all these different concepts. Sounds fantastic. Uh, Cypher, great, great idea. There is a, another big, when was it? I think it feels like it was one month ago when FX has announced the plans for the multi-chain, which is a very exciting and complex and ambitious, but a, a, again, very exciting feature, which is allowing all these modules that we just mentioned on Ethereum and it's called effects hash 2.0 can you walk us through the logic behind that decision and why are you excited about that the logic behind calling it 2.0 or uh, it being uh, no <laughs> doing it basically okay, doing okay. The ethereum, <laughs> ethereum integration <laughs> yeah it makes sense now that i think about it yeah so the first thing was again receiving a lot of feedback from artists that We've had like many instances of some artists that came and said, yeah, I, I wanted to release this project on FX, but I feel like I need to reach to a new audience right now and it will be a, a nice candidate for doing that. They didn't ask for us to be on it, but it was uh, pretty obvious to us that there will be lots of artists that will be interested in using the tools that we provide if they were on it. And yeah, since like it went to proof of stake, there wasn't the major reason for us was behind, which is like, well, wasting resources unnecessarily. But it's also coming from, as usual, we're trying in the team to see as what we would for ourselves as artists. It's true that we can see sometimes that there are different collector bases on it and we'd like to reach out to these. We think 
building an open tool that's modular and can be leveraged in different ways also implies giving the ability to release projects in various mediums. Ethereum is one, Tezos will be another one. But later down the line, we can also think about our blockchain needed in some instances. Can we think about just having this system being pushed to just a server that's going to expose some feature just for one event if we don't want it to run on the blockchain? Or maybe exposing, hiding some layers of the blockchain away and eventually implementing other blockchains as well because they provide some interesting new set of features that unlock creative possibilities. We thought about it as a logical next step, but also as a necessary step in Paradigm where we support many different releasing targets. That's about it, I say. It will support the different features we just mentioned, right? Like FX params and redeemables. How about FX text? Will it be supported on Ethereum or a few of the features will be available on both chains to begin and then... Uh, later on, you will include more, or how are you planning to do this integration in terms of the different modules? All the core features will be both accessible on Tezos and ETH. Some of the extra features, so for instance, redeemables will not be available on ETH right away, will be implemented shortly after. FX text is a bit uh, aside in a way that it doesn't specifically require to exist on ETH for it to serve its purpose and there hasn't actually been a request for it to be on it maybe we'll like run a poll or if we receive more feedback about the need for having fx text on it then we'll think about implementing it i feel like in a sense fx text design such as you can point towards pieces that are hosted on tezos so that you can link projects on the fxh platform eventually we want it's capable of pointing to any asset on any Tezos contract, but we had no time to implement the rest of the ecosystem, but we are planning to do this. We can very easily extend the specification so that we can also point to Ethereum, I don't know, Optimism, uh, Polygon, Arbitrum, Solana. We will not probably, but <laughs> the, the point is that we, we could extend the spec to uh, integrate other blockchains as well. In this spirit, is there a need for FX text to exist on it? I'm really not sure. Uh, but again, happy to hear feedback about this. I don't have a strong sentiment on it. I'm slightly leaning towards no, but maybe there is actually a good case for it being on it as well. Right. When you think about that feature, you mentioned that you can link to different NFTs, different items, let's call it that way, about linking to these other objects. It's very powerful. But at the same time, it feels like Usually people are linking to the gen, gen art on FX hash. It's interesting for me. It's exciting. Sounds exciting. I like to write. I write the newsletter and I'm constantly screen shooting gen art. And, and then feels horrible because it's not really properly linked. I feel that feature you built for FX text was very powerful and exciting. I can see that it will depend over time how people react to it. If they are asking for it, that's the best way to decide what to do next, as you have been doing, listening to the feedback of the people. But yeah, sounds sounds very exciting, Cypher. Just for everybody in the audience, we're coming close to the end. We have around seven minutes. If you weren't able to listen to the whole thing, I shared this through my newsletter and the podcast, so you can listen from the beginning. If you have questions for Cypher, you still have time to Ask via tweets at the bottom. At the bottom right, there is a chat icon. Feel free to send your tweets 
that way. And Cypher, I wanted to ask you a bit about your art. As I told you before, I, I have some of your pieces. I know you have been extremely busy working on FX Hash and you haven't been able to release a collection. But I wonder with the release of FX Hash 2.0, Will we see a new collection coming from you soon or not yet? What have you thought about? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> I know you have a very clear idea on the kind of art you like. I think you call it ever-changing life forms. Is that the, the term that you use? What is the kind of art that you enjoy, Cypher? I don't know. I don't think I have like, uh, it's kind of artificial life, but represented in an artistic way. I describe it as uh, autonomous systems from which lifelike behaviors emerge for the lack of a better description. There's probably two, three very scientific words that describe the idea in a much better way. But yeah, I don't think there is an actual terminology for it in the gen art space right now for this particular like agent-based simulations and looking at simulating life on the microscope scale. I don't have much time <laughs> to do art anymore. It's been like a recurring pattern these last two years. I, I keep saying that FX is my art piece of these 10 years. I will keep shaping it until it reaches what I consider to be a beautiful state. But in the meantime, maybe I'll think about the Genesis project for the launch because we want to have a first project on the platform that's going to be a, a bit of a celebration of uh, the culture. And we already like few ideas for it and probably I'll put uh, a few characters in a file that may eventually become the first Genesis piece we'll see. Yeah, a few characters, right? Um, right, and the Genesis piece was the logos were the first one and then came the RGPs. Am I right? That's the Project Zero one? Yeah. yeah, yeah, they were right. Awesome. Well, Cypher, any comments, anything you want to share in terms of the round uh, that you just raised? in terms of that process, in terms of the plans, anything you would like to share that we didn't address? Yeah, I guess on a broader level, we discussed a lot and we covered most of the topics I wanted to cover. I actually didn't plan to cover anything in particular, but I felt like it was pretty, pretty nice overview of the current state of things. I just want to point out that we've been working a lot in these recent months in getting more people in, into the team and like improve our internal processes to turn like uh, community feedback that we used to get a little bit on the fly on a few features uh, into like a more structured pipeline where we can more easily identify which product aspects we need to improve, which things are the more requested. And we are slowly also building a public roadmap so that you guys can have a better view about what's happening. But we've been a little bit under the water <laughs> this last year. And I will say this raise unlocks a lot of possibility for us to finally answer all of these requests that have been waiting for, I don't know, sometimes a few months because we don't have the bandwidth for it. So super excited about the future. I'm going to reiterate the call, but if you artists are interested in exploring the boundaries of GenArt, feel free to reach out to the team. We'll be happy to try to help you shape your vision. And it's also super helpful for us because we can also stress test our tools and see if they are suited for the boundary pushing projects that came out of your mind. And if not, we can add a little item in the to-do and eventually make this accessible to the whole artistic 
I, I wanted to conclude on a beautiful word, but I, I missed it. <laughs> well, artistic group, group of people. <laughs> it's not this one. Awesome. Awesome, Cypher. Thanks a lot for your time. And again, congrats on everything uh, you have accomplished until now. And congrats to the team. I'm very excited to what's happening next. Looking forward to all the things you mentioned. Really looking forward to these FX hash galleries, stores, however you end up calling them, and all these not stores, not stories. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. That's a good question for the community to share some ideas. But yeah, awesome job, Cipher. Congrats and thanks so much for joining. I hope we can catch up soon. Looking forward to, to the future of FX Hash. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me. Thanks everyone for uh, tuning in and staying. And yeah, have a lovely day. What comes next? And uh, see you around. Bye.